0: and 48th episode of social suplexes podcast about aew with the proclivity for positivity welcome to all things elite my name is austin Summons and i am the host of this lovely show and joining with me as always is my good buddy and friend floyd johnson jr my man how are you doing dude
1: uh i couldn't be doing much better right now i mean as far as I had a uh, re- reason we do a show. I went on another trip to uh, Indianapolis uh, for Squared Circle Expo. Got to hang with my friend Tyler and that was, got to meet a lot of wrestlers that I haven't met before. I've never met. I had never met JBL. I had a bad picture with the Steiners. So I got that picture uh, over with and uh got to ha- hang with my friend Melody. Uh, she's on uh She's on the Twitter Spear at Blitz Enterprise if anybody ever wants to follow her. Tyler's at T-Ball 615. Uh, but yeah, I got to hang with them and just have White Castles and then have... Uh, nice. uh, you know, just got to kick it have a few drinks with some friends that I... Like Melody, th- th- that this was me meeting her. I had never met her before. She's actually been on this show before. And we we was meeting and she she was good people she's cool people. Tyler is, you know, I always say Tyler is very much a mirror version like of me and it's so weird cuz I tell a lot of corny jokes and I tell like this and I'm used to just people looking at me weird and he actually laughs at them. So it's weird cuz we have the same type of sense of humor. So it's kind of being it's kind of weird being someone around someone so similar to you. And but yeah, had a really good time. I get to tell the coolest story. Square Circle Expo. It was called The Reckoning. That was the end of the weekend show. Uh there was a match between Fuego del Sol and Shark Boy. And then there was against Heath Slater and Rhino, right? So I you know, I've been following Fuego forever. I always meet him wherever he goes. And, you know, I was like, I told him my goal is to get a picture with him in all 50 states. I'm just like, every state, every new state, I'm going to get a picture with you. <laughs> Yeah, so I, I got a picture with him and whatever. So uh, Heath's in the ring with uh, Fuego, and it's like, and then they started, uh, someone started chanting, he has kids, he has kids. The Heath, and I I just had a thought, I was like, Fuego has more, Fuego has more, and I started yelling, Fuego has more. And I literally flipped the crowd from chanting from Heath to chanting for <laughs> Fuego. Tyler was right next to me. He can attest that this is 100% true. I've never done that before. I'm never a chant starter. But we started a chant that Fuego has more. And Heath Slater, you could see Heath Slater's look, like because Fuego was getting cheered louder than him. He was like, oh, this kid's actually over. It was it was just that cool moment. I was so happy for Fuego because you know, like, and then like literally the rest of the match, it was pretty much Fuego got cheered, and when they finally got he got gored and pinned, there was this like audible groan because Fuego lost. No, no, but it was it was it was great, great moment. I was hoping that he could, uh, you know, the Fire Nation. He got a little hype there, and it was like, okay. Yeah, And that's the first chance in 30 years of going to wrestling shows. That's the first chance I've ever started.
0: Shout out. Shout yeah. out. And it was a good one at that. Yeah. yeah, And it was just like
1: off the cuff just to reply. It was such a natural experience because you go to wrestling shows and there are people that try to start chants and all that stuff. And they get buried. It was such a just a natural response, like being a smart ass and replying because Fuego's got like four or five kids. I think he does that. i'm not even joking when i say i think he has more kids than he eats later <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> so i was like i'm not even joking when i say that uh so it, it was just a cool moment fuego I, I was i was like really happy that fuego got over that was the biggest thing is that he was over and i like the fact that i had a little dude do with it that was kind of cool too
0: yeah, man, that sounds like it was a really cool moment. And uh, yeah, shout out to our boy Fuego. We all we got nothing but love for Fuego. And uh, it's a shame he couldn't get the win against uh, Rhino in Heat. Which shout out Detroit Rhino, love you, boy. But um, yeah, regardless of the fact though, uh, that sounds like it was a lot of fun. And uh, we want to say a quick apologies for our absence. We've been away for a little for a. L- little bit not too long but we're kind of behind we're going to get caught up a little bit after we go through the big news of the week but we've got dynamite to talk about this week and then we've got rampage and uh rampage preview coming up for this weekend so we got a lot to get to but before we get into the entire show we want to make sure you guys are downloading this fine show on google or apple Podcasts, and if you listen to us on spotify or any other podcasting platforms please give us a share with your friends family coworkers, whoever you wish you can leave a rating and a review, and if you're so inclined, you can leave a donation through our podcast provider, Red Circle. But the easiest way for you guys to support us is by following us on social media. On Twitter, we are at Pod at Social Suplex. Those guys make this show possible. Please check out all the other podcasts that they have on their network. I am at Austin Sumowitz, S-Z-U-M-O-W-I-C-Z, and Floyd is at Floyd Johnson Jr. on Twitter. And, of course, the big news of the week for AEW is that the Forbidden Door, the proper noun, the new vernacular of pro wrestling, as Cody Rhodes once said before he went to somewhere else. I don't remember where he went after that. Um, The Forbidden Door is now officially realized and real and tangible, and it is now a thing. Tony Khan on Dynamite this week, he had another big announcement. Oh, ha, 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 what's another big announcement? You just bought Ring of Honor, um. so what else could you possibly do? Maybe let's bring out the president of New Japan Pro Wrestling onto Dynamite. Adam Cole interrupted and got involved a little bit, and he was the one to break the news about a new show, a new pay-per-view debuting that will be taking place at the United Center. Second time AEW's been at that place, if you forgot what happened the first time at that show uh, in the United Center. Uh, My boy debuted there. And The Forbidden Door will be a crossover show between AEW and New Japan Pro Wrestling at the United Center that actually takes place the weekend before AEW makes their debut in Detroit. Fucking shit. And after Adam Cole made that announcement, Jay White comes out, talks about a little bit Bullet Club for Life stuff, and yeah, that was uh, fucking huge. So, I mean, like, this is massive. It's huge. Uh, There was rumors for a little bit of a while. I know some people going through Twitter and saying that, like, WWE was actually going to be having a partnership with uh, New Japan. And then this show just gets announced, and it's just like, holy shit. And also, considering like from the beginning of AEW's inception, back before the first Double or Nothing pay per view, and how the reports were going around that New Japan apparently wanted nothing to do with AEW and wanted to have no partnership, and talks of working together kind of fell through. Now that we have a crossover show with AEW and New Japan, like as a wrestling fan, you can't not be excited for this. This is gonna be insane, and I will say it right now. If this show doesn't give me CM Punk versus Kenta, GTS versus GTS, I'm no longer an AEW fan, and I'm no longer a New Japan fan. I will go watch fucking GCW for the rest of my life. I don't care. Because if you don't book that match, I'm done. But Floyd, thoughts on the Forbidden Door Door show. Finally. After
1: three years of doing this show, I started doing this show in February of 2019. One of the first few shows before they had anything to talk about, I booked on one of the first few episodes, I booked my AEW versus New Japan Dream Show on one of these episodes. Can't tell you which one. It was one of the super early episodes. We did a fantasy booking of AEW versus New Japan. And when I say that this is like every time there was a major announcement, it would be what I heard rumors of, and then it'd be like, oh, they're gonna announce an AEW versus New Japan show. I've, I think I've done it even a few times since you've come onto the show. They're gonna do AEW versus New Japan show. That's what I wanted to be.
0: Well, I mean, that was my mind going into the announcement, like because I was like, again, they already bought Ring of Honor, so like. If another big announcement has to do with like the changing of the wrestling foundation and the fabric of wrestling at this point in time, I was like, it's got to be at least something with New Japan. I don't know if it would be, a, like I said, I didn't know if it was going to be like a pay-per-view event or if it was just going to be a one-time show that was going to be on TV. I didn't know where it would even take place if it did happen. But the fact that they're going back to the United Center, because again, big like fucking that that first dance show that they did, Oh, that was a move. That was a move, for, power move for them to do. And they hit it up again, and this time it's going to be their first collaborative show with New Japan. I mean, it makes sense, because now that they own Ring of Honor, which New Japan's main U.S. collaborator and main U.S. partner was Ring of Honor for the Supercard of Honors. So, it, I mean, it makes sense that they would do something like that. I mean, the G1 Supercards is what I meant to say, uh, but... uh so it, it makes sense that this would be something that they would do um, now that AEW owns Ring of Honor or that Tony owns Ring of Honor. But I'm just glad we finally got this because, again, like back when they fucking had the goddamn first – like first announcement at fucking Jacksonville where Jericho showed up and debuted and then we had the announcement of – like just the whole announcement with the cheerleaders and from Jacksonville and there were fireworks out of TIAA's – Stadium, bank stadium like like i was like please let new japan and aew do stuff together and then like we years and years we had teases of like is showing up and some other people going through the forbidden door like ishii and all that and now we got a full full-on show
1: yes uh i have been begging for akata to show up in aew for like the birth of aew uh so i'm thinking that might actually happen now. Uh, this is this is a dream come true for me. Uh, if you follow me All on right. Twitter... Huh? Uh, go ahead. Yeah, if you follow me on Twitter seven minutes after that announcement was made, I had bought my plane ticket.
0: Seven minutes. We're, yeah, and here's the best part about uh, for us. Sydney's graduation is a day after the tickets go on sale. So guess what Sydney's asking for a present for graduation? Yes. And she's probably going to get it, and she'll take me along because she's a nice sister.
1: Yeah, and that's so funny because it's going to be like, we'll be t- together Sunday. I'll fly
0: home. And then Monday. we'll be back again together
1: <laughs> Wednesday when you fly to Detroit. When I fly to Detroit. It is, it is literally, it has made the month of June the craziest month. Uh, and that's the thing, too. We're gonna
0: That Detroit show is going to be the aftermath of that show.
1: Yes, we're going to get to see... What happens at the end of that show? What What is the fallout from that show? Even crazier, I'm doing like a FTR road trip in June. It's like it, it, my June is as packed as I've ever done a trip. My wife's like, are you going to be able to do it all? She, I was like, I'm going to do it or die trying. We're going figure, to figure this out. Uh, but yes. AEW versus New Japan. If you know me, you know what this meant to me. I when people, someone asked me, was I going, and I felt I, I was damn real insulted. I'm like, are you asking me, Floyd Johnson? Is he going to the AEW New Japan show that I've been talking about since the first episode of All Things Elite? Sure, sure. I'm 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 gonna be maybe. Yeah, I'm going to be there. And it's like, not only did I pull that off my friend Tyler, who I was just talking about. So me and his birthday are five days apart. Huh. I'm June 10th. He's June 15th. Uh, You know, I was like, hey, are you going to be able to go? I'll pay for you because that's your birthday present, blah, blah, blah. He's like, my wife's not going to let me. So I messaged, I messaged her and I was like, just directly like, hey, I, I need my boy there. And he said she's gonna say no, and she did. She she told me no, <laughs> and I was like, oh okay, cause I think I'm pretty charming and nice. I think I can talk people and stuff.
0: <laughs> she
1: shut me down. An hour later, he calls and says she said I can go. Dude, All right. dude, everything's just rosy. Thumbs up. I, I look, my wife looked at me. She's like, you're not going, are you? I was like, and then I explained to her what it was, and she's like, oh yeah, you're going. She even said it, like, because she didn't really, you know, she's not a big wrestling fan. She she is what right. people call the casual audience. So she didn't understand what it meant. And then I told her what it meant, and she was like, oh, you're going. <laughs> I was like, she was like, yeah, it wasn't exactly. like, she was like, she knew. Everyone that is anywhere near me knows how much this means to me personally, and just what it means for professional wrestling in general. I'm not going to talk all day about this, but this is Huge for professional wrestling. If you talk about the top three wrestling companies in the country, you're talking WWE 1, clear number one, number one with the cannon because you go by money, uh, AEW number two, and New Japan is the top international brand. So you literally have two of the top three biggest <laughs> companies in the world putting on a dual show in the United Center. It's going to be, what, 18, 20,000 people there the last time that was there, like it looks like the United Center is going to be their huge event. Like Every pay-per-view is a big event. But CM Punk, CM Punk coming back was the first huge event in AEW history. It was huge. I mean, literally, they didn't tell anybody what it was, and it sold out. And the next huge event, which is, a, again, let's do the United Center again, probably going to be 18,000 people. I, I'll tell you right now, it's going to sell out. I'd say less than an hour. Oh, my God, yeah. Uh, less than an hour. Everybody's coming in. And for the people, I do have to address one group of people out there. Beautiful people out there. I know you want shows close to you. I do. I know you want shows close to you. But Chicago, Tony Khan is ma- made it clear that Chicago's a hub for AEW. It is home. It is MSG. It is for uh wwe i know jacksonville had to be that because of but COVID. but he has said chicago is their home field they was like they're that's the only i believe city that they've literally ran shows in three different uh, arenas you know chicago's where it's at so i know you'll probably get tired of going to chicago me personally i don't even live in chicago but it's nice and centrally located for me. And
0: I'm never tired of going to Chicago.
1: It's easy for me to get to. Has great food. Easy to get around. I'm a Chicago guy. I'm just like, and they're just like, well, since they they're getting this, maybe somebody else should get all out. All out is going to be in the Now Arena, hopefully, in Chicago or well Schaumburg, and just leave it alone. Leave it alone. Let Chicago be. You know why they put it in Chicago? It is centrally located. Like, New York, you only got to go to Chicago. L.A., you only got to go to Chicago. Everywhere, Chicago is very centrally located. It's a major hub of travel. And, number two, they always sell well at big events. Every big event sells out. So, it's like, you're saying, so are you saying AEW should be tired of making money? Is that what you're saying? Because they seem to have a system that works for them. So, I'm like, hey, don't break it. you know. But maybe I'm wrong. Might as well. Am, am I wrong? i mean i don't i don't i'm like i like i know chicago's like like i said it it's pretty convenient for me but i don't it is know,
0: for me as well
1: i don't who is it not convenient for though <laughs> it's it's so centrally located
0: <laughs> it's like i get that you want to see shows all over the place i mean like hell wwe just announced they're doing a show in fucking wales so like they're finally gonna have a pay-per-view in the uk again like that's massive Um uh, Um people want shows close by to where they are because I mean like it's hard for there's so many places that they go all the time, but like people want these big events, that's the thing. It's cool when they have a dynamite and stuff like that or a rampage show up in your town or whatnot. That's always cool. Like I'm I'm happy we finally got Detroit. Um and that took fucking almost three years. Um but people want the big pay-per-views, and it's harder for AEW because they don't run as many big shows. Yeah, like, I, I, you've got I, Double or Nothing, you've got Revolution, you've got All Out, you've got Full Gear.
1: Yeah, I think that's the big thing for me. And I, and I can honestly say I do try to take other people in advance. The thing is, I know I'm never getting a big show in my state. I know that's not happening. I live in Oklahoma. I'm, I'm going to have to travel somewhere no matter what. I have been to over 30 AEW shows, and guess how many shows have I been to in my same state? Zero. So it's like, it's like really, really easy for me to be like, oh, I mean, like, oh, you're not getting a show close to where you're at. Cool. I mean, I never get a show close to where I'm at. So it's like, I don't know. I don't think about it, but I can't, you know, I mean, some people that uh, help me see that they're, you know, that other people, you know, it's different. They do get stuff in Chicago. I mean, uh, in New York and and uh, Florida and I was like but yeah it doesn't seem like people be like people don't say Florida again but they do say Chicago again and I don't uh, I don't get it
0: (laughs) Yeah, well I I will say the last thing we'll put on this Forbidden Door show I said the match that I want booked like the one match that has to be booked which is CM Punk versus Kenta your one match that you want booked between an AEW and a and a New Japan wrestler, current uh, member. Like, who do you what do you want on this show? One match that you need on this show.
1: Ain't nobody gorilla than gorilla against FTR. That's it. Uh, G.O.D. Ooh.
0: That's the match for me. Uh,
1: that's the match for me. Uh, that's been the match for me. I'm fucked, dude. I can't. I don't know who to cheer. Yeah, the most decorated tag team and. New Japan history against you know six star FTR so I I mean that's the match can Kushida show up now
0: that he's free huh
1: oh yeah can yeah. Kushida
0: go back to being in the time splitters now that
1: he's free he could and I'm hoping I can get to time splitters versus FTR at some point uh yeah uh no I am very I'm very excited about the matchups uh it's so weird for me. I want people are like, who do you want Okada? I mean, Hangman. That's to me. That's it's it. Be. It's gotta be Hangman. They are kind of the aces of the company. I mean, if you can't get Okada versus Omega, I mean, I would love Okada versus.
0: Oh Omega. my god!
1: Uh, I I I think the thing sells. Omega
0: out. Okada five.
1: Yeah, Omega Okada five. I think the thing sells out in fifteen minutes if it's
0: that's the main yeah. event. Literally, but, it's
1: over. Uh, it's like. Like I would just take the first tickets I got, so I could make sure I got in the building for it. Yeah, you're not <laughs> yeah. gonna, you're not
0: gonna get close. You just gotta take what you
1: can find. Yeah, so I just, I mean, that's the dream match. But uh, Kenny, I don't know it's a hundred percent. And so that being said, uh, I would say Hangman versus Okada, I would love to see. And I don't know how this is gonna work. I would love for this to be a yearly June thing that happens. And, and guess what? If you do it yearly and you do it in June, you can move the bitch around, you know, move it to, you move it to different cities and sell out Madison Square Garden, or you know, do whatever you want to do. But I, I mean, it's it's just so much possibilities for matchups, and this is, I mean, this is good for professional wrestling. Does yep. the will does the casual fan, uh, does the casual fan understand what this means? Probably not. Floyd in 2015 wouldn't have understood what this meant. It would have just been a show. Uh, but, you know, AEW is is um, catering to the hardcore fans. But you know what happens when you cater to your hardcore fans? And I've said this before and I'll say it again. Your hardcore fans then call their friends that have kind of fell off. And we say, dude, there's this big show coming June 26th, Sunday, June 26th you should check it out. And then we talk about Well and and
0: and for a com- and for a company that's only like 3 years old, you have to do that. Because if you if you try to focus more on casuals, you're going to lose the hardcore fans that you already got.
1: Yeah, and it's
0: just like we And do. that's and that's that's fragile because you're so you're such an you're you're still in your infancy.
1: Absolutely. And it's just like I said, you just you worry about your fans and your fans will go make other fans. They will make other fans with their energy. When I, I wear AEW hoodies, shirts, and hats pretty much everywhere I go, right? Do you know, yep. like, the first time I wore an AEW shirt, no one said anything, right? The 20th time, I got hit up twice. Now, literally, every time I go out in my AEW stuff, whether it's Target, Walmart, to the movies, someone says to me, like, good job watching AEW. You don't have to give me numbers to show growth. That's the
0: growth I see on the ground level. And even if you want numbers to see growth, they're showing growth.
1: Yeah, no, yeah. if you uh, at Wrestlenomics, uh, they are part of the uh, part of the voices of wrestling. Uh, Brandon T. Thurston, uh, Brandon Thurston. Uh, he does uh, at Brandon Thurston on Twitter, he does uh, a great job of breaking down the economics and of wrestling. And he put out a chart, uh, he put out a chart and it is showing steady growth in AEW, AEW's brand is growing. And it's just like, I don't know, people that don't want to hear it don't, are not going to hear it because it's not exploding and it's not everywhere. But you know, when you're a startup company, you just want steady growth. And so I I'm really liking what this does. I, I just think it's going to create a buzz through the wrestling world. You know, hardcore's are going to tell casuals, casuals are going to put it on with their wives or people that don't watch. And dude, if it, if out of this pay-per-view, a thousand new fans come, then it's worth it. I mean, and I, I like, like I said, I very much am going to be tooting the horn and putting this on all my socials. So everyone knows how to order it. Everyone knows how to watch it. Every person I know has a place to watch it.
0: Yes. But now, moving off of the Forbidden Door show, we're going to talk really, really quickly about some of the highlights or some of the big moments that we've missed in like the week off that we had. So I'll go through real quick. First off, that John Moxley-Wheeler-Uda match that officially got Wheeler-Uda to be in the BCC, in the Blackpool Combat Club. Holy shit. I mean, there you go. You have to like. You're gonna like if you're gonna have a star making moment. Most of the time, you're gonna get the shit kicked out of you, and you're gonna have a crimson mask. But god damn it, you're gonna become a star for it. And Wheeler Yuta being in the bullet, the the Blackpool Combat Club is great. I think now when they eventually come around to hopefully getting a trios championship out there, there's one of your favorites. Like that's not the undisputed elite or anything like that like i mean they're they are one of the favorites to take that or the house of black there's there's so many great trios that could go for those types of belts dude it's unreal it's unreal
1: yeah um dude i this the match i will honestly say uh, a small critique i thought it was actually too bloody (laughs)
0: <laughs> my only critique is the fact that i thought they had one or two too many false finishes especially at the end when he kicked out of the extra paradigm shift and then uh like the like the elevated paradigm shift and then they put him in the bulldog choke and he and he passed out i'm like if you're not if he's gonna just pass out then don't do the elevated uh or just do like do that and then go into that if he's already gonna kick it out absolutely like that was my only critique
1: absolutely uh i just uh it was just it was a lot of blood and it's just like i don't care about a casual fan it's just for me it was just like i don't think i paid attention to a lot of the other parts of the match because he was so covered in blood i was like i was like i was worried for his health (laughs) it was a lot of blood. he i mean he dustin roads that bitch if you really did (laughs) he
0: really really did and
1: this was on a what a rampage this was on rampage yeah it's like no, I, I thought it was perfect. I thought Willa Yuta, And it's funny because my first introduction to Willa Yuta on the Indies, he was always a big deal. Then he came to AEW, and I'd say uh, he was losing all the time. And I was just like, I never got to see Willa Yuta be Willa Yuta. And this match, I, like the Brian Danielson match previously and this match, you, this is who Willow Uta, this is how the Willa Yuta I was introduced to So I am very impressed with him. I love him in the group. I love the young boy transformation. It was almost like he went on an excursion without ever leaving the show. Because he is a completely different presentation now. Uh, This week he debuted New Year. uh, But the whole writing BCC in uh, in blood on his chest. Oh my God, chef's kiss. I am one of those people. I love the tiny details of wrestling that the nerds talk about because I am a nerd. And that was just fucking epic.
0: Yes. Then over to the Dynamite from last week. Of course, we got a, my boy CM Punk had a great match with Penta Oscuro. Oh, that was a match I never thought I would ever see in my life. That was great. I just have to gush over that. Um, then uh, Noro Suzuki versus Samoa Joe for the Ring of Honor World TV Championship. Great match. That finish, though, and I know people were probably waiting on us to talk about that. Um, We got to mention it, though. I mean, Floyd, do you want to get into the finish of that Dynamite in that New Orleans show that was pretty much great top to bottom? And then just don't turn out the lights. It's fine. Just have him walk from the back.
1: Just don't do it. You
0: made the same mistake as the uh, Dark uh, Order.
1: Yeah, just like have him walk from the back. He's so physically imposing. It, you know, have some, uh, have uh, Jonathan Gresham do the shocked look face. Like, oh, my God, I can't believe this giant's coming to the ring. Same moment, same everything. Just don't turn out the lights. And the only other thing I would say, don't announce an overrun. Overrun and yeah. turn out the lights. Every, I was expecting Cesaro. I was expecting... Another name. I was maybe Kenny Omega came. No, I wasn't. I really wasn't expecting that. But I was expecting something other than him. And I just like, I like, I mean, the idea of him, he brings something to AEW that they don't have the whole true giant thing. I just, like I said, I just think he could have debuted better. I was not as hot as other people around, but it was a wet fart. It was a miss. I mean, that's just me being. 100% putting down my eight. A- I was
0: w- just stunned <laughs> they did I was just stunned they I was just stunned they made the same mistake twice. I mean like of course it was the same mistake over the span of like 3 years cuz the Dark Order debut happened at the first double or nothing and I was there live it was bad it didn't go over well but they rebounded nicely. They really did the Dark Order. No, no, um no. and I'm hoping I'm hoping the same thing I'm oh, hoping no. the same it's, thing happens.
1: When he came out uh like a week later He looks so dominant and so impressive, and I like it. And I know some people are like, I made the joke in my group, and I called him the Greater Khali, right? And everybody was like, well, he's Indian and he's tall. He doesn't have to be the Great Khali. He literally used the vice grip. Yeah. He literally used Great Khali's move. If he was a white guy from Texas and he threw out a claw, I'd say, oh, he's a Von Erich. You know, it's not just because he's Indian. It's just no, no. Th- there was more to it. There was levels to this shit. You know, but again, yeah. I'm glad. I wish him the best. He's uh, he's obviously an AEW project. He he. I guess he trained somewhere else, and then he trained with the Nightmare Factory. And you know what? I'm rooting. I mean, if you train with the Nightmare Factory, I'm a fan. I mean, I, I have. <laughs> there is no. I I, I show no. I am not pretending to be unbiased. I am completely biased to if you're trained in the nightmare factory. I'm rooting for you. I'm buying your shit. I am, <laughs> I am rooting for you at Joe's. but with him. So I want him to succeed. But
0: you know, putting my AW flag down. You know, it it was a miss. I mean yeah. and again if, I I'm I'm hoping to Sat- honest yeah and I'm hoping Satanim Singh can really turn it around like I said it is a, a different type of per- of wrestler that AEW doesn't have that can that can be successful and him being paired with Samoa Joe as one of his first feuds and then him also being like facing like having uh Jay Lethal by his side and Sanjay Dutt who could be who should help as well with with uh Jay Lethal like this can be good, but the way they debuted it was an absolute total f- – it was a total swing and a miss, not even a foul tip. It was a swing and a miss. But the last thing, of course, that we missed uh, from the last from the week of, of AEW was the AEW World Championship Texas Deathmatch between Hangman Page and Adam Cole on Rampage, which started early because of, I believe, NBA playoffs, if I'm not mistaken. Yes. Um, great, great, great match anybody anybody that's like over here being like barbed wire crown on good friday stop it
1: his move lands you on the top of your head so he put the thing on the top of his head
0: and the spot and the thing barely even went around his head and also if you're like i'm so offended it's fucking fake let it go Like, oh my God! Like people, like seeing the the outrage and even people I love, Eric Bischoff. I love Eric being like responding to Sean Ross Sap. You think this is funny, Mister Controversy? Creates cash. I know you ain't talking right now. Like, stop it, stop it. The match was the match was really good. It was a good Texas Death Match. Like the finish of the Dead Eye through the table, and I liked how they like turned. What Hangman used to win his last Texas Deathmatch, like the buckshot lariat with the barbed wire wire around his wrist, Cole saw that coming. So Hangman had to do something to change it up with the barbed wire instead of just having it around his wrist and having it around his forearm. So I thought that was clever. Like, again, chill the fuck out. If you want to criticize AEW for anything, like legitimate reasons, there is plenty for you to choose from. Every time you reach, you give the people that are all like AEWs can do nothing wrong, you give them more fuel. There is a way to have genuine talks and critiques about both sides of wrestling, if we're going to even call it both sides with AEW and WWE. Because, again, there's way more wrestling than just those two companies. There's a way to have a genuine conversation about this. For you to reach like this, you're being ridiculous and you're doing nothing but hurting the conversation around wrestling and you make it more toxic.
1: Hey, a wrestling's violent. It's it's scripted violence. I mean and the people are gonna do violence in a way that you know you're not used to or whatever. And it's just like if that's not for you, that's not for you. And that's fine. That's fine. Dude, I've been watching this my whole life. And you don't understand how many of my friends, you know, I've introduced to wrestling. And it's just not for them. I don't hate them. I don't understand. It's just not for them. It's some people don't like it because it's not real. Some people don't like it because it is violence. But it's violence. That was just violence. He was turning it up. They had a blood feud. They didn't like each other hangman uh cole's like i'm never going to start coming at you hangman has to do something to make this man stop coming i think if you wrapped barbed wire around my head and then dropped me on my head i believe through a table right yes through a table through a table i might stop coming at you in the fictional world of professional wrestling but most importantly it isn't real even if they did it As a crown of thorns. I want to go like if your worst thought was they did it as a crown of thorns. So the fuck what? I mean, do you watch Law and Order or SVU that comes on sometimes before your favorite USA program? They talk about way worse than they pretend to do way worse shit on
0: there than pretend fighting. Calm down. Yeah, and also, um, I've seen crucifixions on wrestling as well. Not just WWE. Let's never forget uh, that ECW crucifixion. Yeah, that shit was fucked. It almost We almost never got
1: Kurt Angle wrestling because of an ECW crucifixion.
0: And then, of course, lest we forget, Shawn Michaels tag teaming with God himself. Yes. Yes, yeah, wearing all Hell, walls. let's not even mention CM Punk and his Charles Manson like false god gimmick that he had with the SES.
1: Dude.
0: He was getting all kinds of like Southern Baptists all fucking like out of whack.
1: We can do this all day. Uh, we could do this yeah. all day with wrestling. And honestly, that wouldn't even crack the top 50 worst things that I've seen in wrestling play out. Not even top, probably not the top 100, but I know I can do 50 off the top of my head. We don't got time for that shit, but I can definitely do 50 off the top of my head. I grew up, (laughs) I grew up, I grew up in the mid South area. Way worse, Southern, like like having matches for women, you know, (laughs) like for the rights to women. I could do this all day. This is kinda what professional wrestling is. I ain't dig it. it Don't is. dig it. It sucks. Whatever.
0: Yeah. But just stop reaching. Like if you want to make criticisms, make criticisms. Stop reaching for things that aren't there. That's all I gotta say. But we've we've talked about stuff that has already happened. Let's talk about the more recent stuff. Dynamite from this Wednesday that just happened a couple days ago taking place. In Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, we opened up the show once again with my boy CM Punk continuing to build up wins on his record, trying to make himself the number one contender for the AEW World Championship, and he faced off against the natural Dustin Rhodes. And my God, I cannot believe I'm saying this, but Dustin is so good and so beloved, they got people to boo CM Punk. Like Dustin is such a genuine baby face, such a genuine, like just great soul, great wrestler, like a legend in this industry that they he just by selling and just by taking the damage that Punk was dishing to his left leg, got the fans to boo CM Punk. Like you watch that match back. They were booing him. I, I heard boos. Because I pay attention to stuff like that. If people boost CM Punk, there better be a good reason. And you know what? Dustin honestly gave them a good reason. This was a cl- another classic sense of like like selling. Like Punk was selling the arm and then Dustin was selling the leg. These guys moved a very slow match and very technical, very focused in on like like I said, focusing on a body part and really working it and really just grinding that opponent down so they can't do what they're normally able to do. And it got multiple This Is Awesome chants. There weren't, like, crazy amounts of high spots or flippy shit or anything like that. This proves that, like, AEW fans enjoy also seeing, like, technical storytelling wrestling. And, yeah, there wasn't a story necessary for this, but, like, Dustin's been on this last run and he's really been trying to get all these dream matches and all these final goes to show that he can still do this better than anybody else and du- i got nothing but respect for dustin dustin was outstanding in this match uh punk was great as always um i was glad that they like the great counter between uh, dustin getting rolled up after failing to uh failing to hold on to the gts because of his arm and was able to still make the counter for the cradle to get the pin was great. Their literal, the, the way they embraced afterwards like was really, really a nice touch. And then for the first time, AEW World Champion, Hangman Adam Page, and CM Punk faced off and had a stare down. And I shit myself. Oh! Oh, oh I want it. Let it be a double or nothing, please. Please. I need that. I need that. I've gushed enough. Floyd, thoughts on this opening match with Punk and Dustin? Okay, so the
1: year of 2022 (laughs) is going to be, you're going to have to have a subtitle as, in AEW, the love letter to the Hart Hart family. I mean, the Owen Hart Foundation, in in this match, what did Brett come out in? I mean, uh, what did uh, Punk come out
0: in? Pink and black. he came out in black and pink gear.
1: He came out in black and pink gear. Dax, Dax called it out pretty immediately. They had the match, and if you go look, they literally did spots from when Bret wrestled Goldust. Somebody so, did clipped where they took spots where they were literal CM Punk doing Bret Hart spots in the match that he did with the same guy Goldust go and. Dustin Rhodes is still on a. Uh, he's he's a really, he's a phenomenal professional wrestler. They called him the Something Natural. Up. I mean, like people not related to Dusty, like he had he was like the most natural moving, athletic wrestler they had ever seen at that age. And he's fifty, and it's still there. And the match was kind of clunky and stuff but it was very to me very much 80s old school professional wrestling i know yes in 20 in 2020 <laughs> 2010 everything's supposed to look at smooth chris but this is what i was used to professional wrestling looking like not everything looked clean not everything looked pretty it looked like a fight as much as professional wrestling could look like a fight and then they did the brett uh davy boy smith uh finish and It was beautiful. Yes, It was a beautiful, (laughs) well-told match. And whenever somebody's like, this match has no stakes, this match, blah, blah, blah. One guy wants to beat the other guy. It's the story of every wrestling match. You can add whatever you want to. Hey, you slept with my wife. Hey, you worked for me and don't want to work here anymore. You can put a title on the line. But every wrestling match has the story that guy A wants to be guy B or excuse me for my people out there person A wants to be person B that's the story of professional wrestling so when you say there's no story Dustin wanted to be punk punk wanted to be Dustin that's the story
0: And again, Punk has been doing doing the, I'm going for a championship. I'm ranking up to become a number one contender for the championship. He's motioned at his waist every single match that he's wrestled since he beat
1: MJF. Dustin did a beautiful promo on Twitter and said how this was a dream match of his. And it's just like, that sold me on it. But I'm a nerd. (laughs) I'm like... But the fact is, guy wants to be guy B. It's, it, person A wants to be person B. That is wrestling. This was a beautifully told story. With Even though I knew who was going to win, they had me a couple times on the false finishes. Oh, yeah. I expected CM Punk to take a crossroads eventually in AEW. I did not expect it to be from Dustin Rhodes. <laughs> <Rose. laughs> I did not expect it to be from Dustin Rhodes. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that was a great match. Uh, you know? Probably the closest thing I'm probably gonna ever get to Punk versus Cody, because
0: yeah, yeah, <laughs> that that's shame we could shame we couldn't have gotten it at least before you left. Yeah. But you know, it yeah. is what it is. Hey, do you know what? I think
1: I you know as much as I wanted it, this match was really, really, really special. It really was. It's like one of those moments where I just want to tell him, "I'm like, dude you you took me back." I occasionally have those moments. Well, you took me back to 1988, uh, Saturday night, uh, watching, uh, a pay, uh, watching a match. Uh, this is probably more of like a Clash of the Champions main event. And, you know, yeah. back then in the title matches, no one ever won with their finisher. It just didn't happen. You just you rolled somebody up. And the roll-up was perfect. It was beautiful. I, the match was great. That's all I got to say. Yeah. I'm going to stop now
0: yeah then we had backstage footage of wardlow coming into the arena and um he had gotten a match uh booked by mjf today. he's like you know what you are gonna actually wrestle and you're gonna wrestle the butcher um however mark sterling was there to greet him with AEW security and said he had to be handcuffed and escorted to his dressing room until it was time for his match and the moment his match was over he would be escorted out of the, the building which sam bubba my boy security sam why the fuck are you going along with this? Sam has... A, I understand you're head of AEW security, but, like, why are you going along with this?
1: Sam has a job to do. He is a professional. He does what he is paid to do. And he but he
0: has there. a conscience. He's a good man. I know he, he is.
1: He's he, better than this. He has a good man. Hey, Sam did not make Wardlow sign the contract. <laughs> Sam is just enforcing the rules, sir. That's all he's doing. And it's it's so funny, it's so cool. I mean, like to see him on TV.
0: Legit. Anytime I and see he, him, I smile. Yeah,
1: it's just kind of cool to see him on TV. Uh, yeah, he's he's a dude. I told him like I told him at the Ring of Honor thing, and I might have said this week before. I told him I always I feel safe when I know you're here because I know you got this shit unlocked. And <laughs> <laughs> nobody nobody's getting anywhere when Sam is in the building. So I know he has it.
0: Not even close.
1: Yeah, so it's just like, yeah. so, so yeah, yeah. He would he would take Wardlow down for real. <laughs> it came down to he probably yeah. <laughs> honestly, honestly, <laughs> yeah. He would take Wardlow down. Love Wardlow, but no. But yeah. you look at them, you like you kind of forget how big Sam is. He's he huge. Stood, he stood next to Wardlow, and it's like, fuck, you're a big dude. <laughs>
0: like yeah, no, he's big.
1: Like Wardlow's huge, but Sam's right there. <laughs> He's, like, right there. It's, like, just in case you thought uh, security would be playing around. There's some big no. boys on that security group. You know, just know that. No, but, uh, yeah, that was, that was, that was kind of cool. I just, I just said, Warlow, the more things that come out of this contract, I, I would say, Warlow, you were either the dumbest man on the planet or you were poorer than you were, you were poe. You couldn't afford the O and the R, because only somebody that
0: broke, <laughs>
1: the only somebody that broke would sign a contract this dumb. This is the worst contract I've ever heard. You're basically a slave. You're a paid slave. It's like,
0: yeah, you, yeah.
1: was like, uh, I don't know how this works. He controls everything you do. It sounds like you can't shit unless him, uh, unless uh, MJF gives you permission. It's like I get to book your matches. I get to make the stipulations. <laughs> I'm like, damn. <laughs> like, and T.J., yeah. why would you let this happen in your company?
0: <laughs> it's like, uh yeah. yeah. Is there gonna be yeah, a little man. bit of like, come on, man. C- come on, man. And <laughs> you know, they're like, no, no. But I, no,
1: it's it's comical because this is professional wrestling. Like, right. this couldn't <clears throat> happen in real life. No one would sign a contract that's bad. But in professional wrestling world, you do. And you know, and he has to find a way out of it. And you know, you know, most people find a way out of it in courts, but in professional wrestling, no, you find a way out of it in the ring and that's what it's leading to. And this match was some big meaty men bumping meat. I, I loved it. I would have liked yeah. to, I would have liked it to be about five minutes longer personally. Just just cause I just love Fair him. enough, yeah. I just no it's just like man, it's just and that's a personal preference.
0: If someone And that's says, for the match it, with it, Butcher, it, yeah, yeah, that's yeah, the match so with yeah, Butcher that actually yeah,
1: happened. Yeah, if somebody uh said, Hey, this match was perfect, I wouldn't argue. I would have like just, just a little because they were physical, but I felt like the physicality could have got turned up like seven percent. Not like not even ten percent, like seven percent turned up to physicality I I think they've been doing a good job over the last month presenting the Butcher as a threat. And this match was like, he's not really a threat. You know what I mean? And I would have liked to see him be more of a threat now. But I I thought it was a really good match. The Symphony, the Powerbomb Symphony is one of the most
0: over, if not most over things in AEW right now. It really is. Uh, Trios match between the Blackpool Combat Club in full against Dante Martin, Lee Moriarty, and Brock Anderson with Arn Anderson at their side. Um, Yeah, this was just a continuation of the Blackpool Combat Club wreaking havoc in any trios match that you put them in. Like, listen, Wheeler Yuta, I mean, uh, sorry, uh, Dante Martin, Lee Moriarty, and Brock Anderson all are very good. They are not a trios team. And uh, Dante is... Good in a tag team situation, but he didn't even have his own tag team partner in there. He had Lee in there, which he was familiar with, but Brock Anderson and Dante have never tagged together, and Brock hasn't wrestled in a very long time. Um so this was a pretty much a, a route for the Blackpool Combat Club. Um and it was cool just seeing them all together and just wreaking havoc, and again, these guys are all over as hell. So this was a nice little filler match, I think. This is the closest a like I won't
1: call this a squash match. This was a squish. Cause they, Squish. yeah. The reason I say that is because, I mean, it was clear who was gonna win. They did dominate the most mat, uh, the most of the match, but they did everything they could to make the other three look as good as possible. You know, they all got their shine. Yeah, uh, Dante they,
0: getting a bunch of uh, high Moriarty. spots.
1: Yeah, Moriarty looking uh, explosive, like you know, he could end up being the next member of the Blackpool Combat Club, and then Brock is Brock. I, I, Brock's the young boy right now. If it's like. Yes. No, I want to tell everybody it's like when they, everybody's like looking at Brock and they're like, uh, he's not what I think he is. He's. If you watch New Japan, he's like Yuro your more, He's like the dudes that were all black. He's not supposed to be anything yet. He is learning by experience, by getting beat up. Because I don't think he knows who Brock Anderson is yet. I really don't. I mean, no. I, I don't think as far as. In his performance, I don't think he knows who Brock Anderson is. I think he'll get there, and I think he'll be great in three to five years. But that's what I'm talking about. We're talking about three to five years. He is a guy that wrestled his first match in, you know on Dynamite with Cody in his corner. This guy is not like a seasoned veteran. And that was the one thing that I can say about old school wrestling. You were allowed to not be great, or as I say, you were allowed to suck but you were sucking in front of twenty people that maybe never see you again. And then by the time you got presented to the world, you were good, you know. And Brock doesn't suck; he's actually pretty decent. But he's no—he's not where he's gonna be yet. And I—he's got the world against him. And I, because the only reason I say this is because I was watching with someone, and they basically said, you know, he was clearly the weakest person in this match. And I'm like, he's supposed to be. I mean, the dude's been wrestling a year. <laughs> it's like everybody else in there has more experience than him and you know and you know he's gonna develop who he is but i did i did love the match thought it was brilliant uh when they were all three in the ring hitting the elbows and then they finished them and then mox finished the match i thought that was thought that was great william regal is a perfect lord regal is a perfect catalyst for the violence that they're finishing out
0: yeah and of course uh we had after the. Um uh, the undisputed elite in the back backstage area. Young Bucks don't seem like they in this, and they're not even dressed up flamboyantly or anything like that. Um so it looks like maybe we might be seeing a possible flip to them being babyface, maybe. I don't know. Uh, I think but basically-
1: I, I think what's the story is is that their spirit's broken. Because they talked because they've this, lost
0: to the young yeah, you because know, they it, lost to FTR and, again. Yeah,
1: like they talked all that shit about they're the best tag team, they're the second, and then they lost. And it's like, oh, we don't lose when we try. And we try <laughs> and we lost. How does that work? And Yeah, like, and I mean, like, yeah, and, th- this is their company. Again, AEW in their three years have been perfect. And like there's some things that they are not great at, but they are perfect at telling the lost confidence storyline perfect yeah. at it and that's what it looks like it is is that the bucks the, you know th- they've lost their confidence to the point where they've lost their color they weren't they weren't mean to brandon anymore they just yeah no they didn't even mean, have yeah. the energy to do it they call yeah it's like and it's like red dragon i love how red dragon knows so the fact that they lost we lost <laughs> I love wait I, I i don't remember <laughs> losing <laughs> yeah like wait we <laughs> lost yeah so no it's it's like they're not on the same page right now, and that interview perfectly scripted that. And I just, I just is like the Young Bucks are like every week. I think I'm like I can't be more of a fan, and then they do something like this where it's like super subtle. They've been over the top, and, and they was like super subtle, but they said so much in their actions, the look on their face, the clothes that they were wearing. They told a story with that, so I just thought that was amazing.
0: Yeah, and then of course after this is when we had the announcement of The Forbidden Door, which we've already covered. Um, Then Butcher and Blade, which we just, Butcher versus Wardlow, which we covered as well. Um, We had an Owen Hart Foundation Men's Tournament qualifying match between Jungle Boy, one half of the AEW World Tag Team Champions, and Kyle O'Reilly. And this was a pretty solid match, I would think. I think these guys uh, had some good moments in this match. Um, Felt a little, maybe a little touch slow. Lower than I uh, would have expect for, expected from these two, but it wasn't uh, like sloppy or anything like that. They still did some great chain wrestling stuff in this. And um, actually, what ended up happening was Kyle got a superplex on a uh, Jungle Boy, and then proceeded to hit a modified brainbuster on it. Then hit a dr- like a jumping knee from the top rope, and he pins Jungle Boy, getting almost I guess almost I would I would say the upset win and he's qualified for the uh Owen Hart Foundation uh men's tournament. We got a Canadian in the mix. There you go Kyle. Go nuts. Yeah, go nuts uh, end uh,
1: No no as far as AEW storytelling this was a huge upset. Jungle Boy doesn't get pinned.
0: Like yeah. Ever. And <laughs> he and then Christian came down and Jungle Boy act, like was like apologizing to Christian for for taking the loss.
1: Yeah, it was uh it was one of those things. He, he, I mean to me, it reminded me of a G1. Uh, for those who are not familiar with the G1, sometimes in the G1, you know, everyone has to lose. So sometimes you get unexpected losses. That, yeah.
0: The other person is just better. That's, that's the good thing about these types of tournaments mm-hmm. is that it, it makes it so much more easy to book upset losses.
1: Yeah, Kyle O'Reilly was just better than Jungle Boy last night. That's it. The next time they wrestle, Jungle Boy could win pretty easily. But on this night, on April 20th, uh, on April 20th, uh, in uh, Phili- <coughs> or Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, Kyle O'Reilly was better that night. And, you know, Kyle O'Reilly moves on. And I love that about the sudden death of the tournaments. It was one of the things that I fell in love with with New Japan. It was like you're sitting there picking your G1 bracket, filling it out, saying who's going to win each night, trying to calculate your points. And then Yano beats Moxley.
0: Yeah, and you're like, sorry, what?
1: Say, say what? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Moxley's only lost one time, and it was to Yano.
0: Yeah. It was Uh-oh. literally a St. Mary's situation. <laughs> it's like, oh, uh, okay.
1: You know, and it's just like, and that's what I love about those tournaments. So it looks like they're setting, last night to me, set the standard. Because if you look at every Owen Hart qualification match up to this point, the guy that you thought was going to win won. The person you thought was going to win won. Not last night. No. I knew Jungle Boy was winning, and then he lost. And now you have a storyline for next year that he can be like, If he's two face fail. off again. Yeah. Like, or, or if he just wants to get in the tournament. I failed to get in the tournament last year. I'm going to do whatever it takes to get in the tournament next year. It, it, it builds it builds upon itself, and he's a tag team champion. He probably didn't need to be in the tournament, but I, yeah, that, exactly. that, is, that is neither here nor there. Uh, they're building a nice little roster for this tournament, and I love to see what it's going to be and how it's going to be ref- presented.
0: Yeah. We then had a backstage interview with MJF and Sean Spears after Wardlow got the win, and uh, he continued to say about how he's a snake, which, I mean, like, bro, Quit being a punk stan at this point. You lost already. But he decided to uh, make a deal with Mr. Jake Jake the Snake Roberts and uh, paid him in some good money. And then uh, all of a sudden, Murderhawk monster Lance Archer comes out and just proceeds like, I don't want money. I just want to fight. Everybody dies. So now Wardlow's got a deal with Lance Archer. That'll be a good match.
1: Uh, dude, uh... If this is what we're gonna get up to. <laughs> we're, this is what we're gonna get up to. Uh, double or nothing. Wardlow just fighting bigger and bigger and scarier people. Sign me up. Yeah. Oh my God. I was like, I was like, so it feels like Or Archer should be like a fourth week guy. It feel like if you almost elevated too fast. You went from <laughs> you went a little from bit the butcher to Archer, and it's like. Maybe Archer should have been week three, but good lord, congratulations to the people in Philadelphia. You get to see this just impressive, two impressively large men beat the shit out of each other next week.
0: Yeah. And then we had the Dynamite debut of Hook. Yes. Finally. He faced off against Anthony Henry. Made very much quick work of him. Dan Housen, however, showed up out of nowhere trying to curse Hook again. Didn't work. He got the red rum uh, locked in and got the win. Dan Housen was furious about, like, actually furious that, like, he's tried cursing him over and over and over again, and it's just not, nothing's happening. It's not working. So he said, if you don't want to be cursed by Dan Housen, you will fight Dan Housen. And this was one of the biggest pops of the night. Oh, my God. Everybody Uh, was wondering when he was going to wrestle. Yeah. And he's going to wrestle. And he wants to wrestle Hook. Woo! Hook pretty much, like, just shoulder-blocked him out of the way, walked out, no respect to Dan Housen. And, uh oh, my God. Yeah, like, he, barely, yes. he, he barely acknowledged him. Other than he fucking, <laughs> yeah, he, like, it was, like, one of the first few times I've actually seen this kid smile. Yeah, he just, just, he just bumped. Yeah. He fucking smirked at him and was just like, <laughs> and then just walked out.
1: I am, uh, I'm a big fan of, uh, The Dan Housen character, I I, I honestly, they're presenting him exactly like I thought they should present him. He is very much a comedic, hilarious character. This whole segment was, I I don't know if you would call it subtle comedy, but it was just like, it was like, oh, Dan Housen, the guy that has never fought anyone, wants to fight the pretty much unstoppable hook who literally throws men twice his size around. So, yeah, good luck with that, brother. Because it seemed like he realized he made a mistake like right after he did it. It was like he that was it was just so well done. I just think he's so good. It's just like comedic timing one on one there.
0: Yeah. And then we move on. We had a backstage interview with Scorpio Sky and uh, uh, Frankie Kazir. It was a backstage interview with Frankie, I believe. And then Scorpio comes out and we. He got a small little SCU, uh, uh reunion, and Scorpio says, "Listen, I need a favor. You've done so much for me in my career. You've really you, you you helped me so much when we got together with SCU. Like you really elevated me." And he said, "I know you want the TNT Championship, but I need my rematch, and I need to go out there and challenge for it. And I promise you, when I win it back, because." Frankie was talking about how he wanted to go after the TNT title. He said, once I win it back, uh, Frankie, you will be the first person I defended and, against. And Frankie kind of takes a little pause and says, Scorp, I've always had your back. I always will. And they shake hands, and then they go off. And then this is when we move into the TNT champion, the three-time, only three-time TNT champion, Uh-oh. Sammy Guevara Hold out on. in the oh, ring with Ty Conti. Pause, Yes. Sir.
1: The second. I don't know who the first is. Uh, he's main events on
0: Monday nights now. I don't know what that is.
1: Cody Cody Rhodes.
0: Okay, I, that was I. I don't know. Just I blanked. Sorry, he, he my apologies. He beat applause. Lance Archer. He beat Brody Lee, and he beat Sammy Guevara, three time champion. Again, I just it's not. It wasn't in my head. I apologize. I, I
1: got you, boo. That's what I'm for. That's what I I'm wasn't
0: in my anymore. it wasn't in my head. I don't. I just the first. It, you champion. sure it wasn't Dustin? The first three time champion. It wasn't it. Dustin, huh? It wasn't Dustin, right? And I don't.
1: Dustin's been on TV like three times in the last two years. What are you talking about? <laughs> I mean, All right. Cody is Cody's won more belts than Dustin's been on Dynamite. You know what I mean? No, oh, do, no disrespect. No disrespect. To, <laughs> no disrespect to Dustin. Oh, he's an amazing wrestler, right? I'm just saying.
0: I'm just saying. He is not the first. Oh, listen. (laughs) He's not even the first. I am busting your
1: balls so much. He's not even the first to do the gimmick that he's doing right now. Yes. (laughs) But I am busting your balls. No, I know. I knew you did it on purpose. I heard the tone. Yeah. (laughs) Uh,
0: Sammy Guevara, three-time TNT champion, says he's at the top of the world where he belongs. TNT champion for the third time and with take Conti, the love of his life oh ooh. and he says as far as he th- thank the people who stuck with him thank the people that stay with him and uh, followed him all his career he said as for the rest of you i hear you uh y'all turn your backs on us the first chance you got because why my girlfriend's hotter than yours and uh at this point you've only got one option uh be mad and then Scorpio, Ethan Page, and Dan Lambert come out. And Skye's Sco- talking about, like, you want to say screw you to all the fans that supported you? It's not screw us, Sammy. It's screw you. Fucking Ethan Page went off. Got so, like, man, that man just fucking snapped. I, and, I, um. I, you know, and I've said
1: this too many times. I think people sleep on how good Ethan Page is. He's really, he's really good. Really, he is really Really fucking amazing at wrestling. Uh, I, it was uh, at Squared Circle. Uh, com- I got to meet him for the first time. And we got to talk about my toy collection. And, you know, I inspired that. But I just like, dude, you're just an amazing wrestler. He's just an amazing wrestler. And it's just like, and we, and when he was in Impact, I was like, why is he a new world champion? He's clearly the most talented person here. No disrespect to anyone there. But as far as... In-ring work, mic skills, just getting into character and cutting promos, I don't think there's a lot of people as good as Ethan Page. And I think it might be like his humility that keeps him from maybe getting booked as strong as he could because this dude is amazing. And I just thought I've seen like two promos from him. The one after you know he got his eye busted open and I was just like, why are you not in a top spot? You are really amazing at this. And I thought this was great. And this was clearly a double turn. You know what I mean? Like, if you, you know, yeah. last week, you know, and into this week, Sammy's getting booed. Dan Lambert, the 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 rich white conservative is
0: getting cheered. What? Yeah. So fucking weird. So weird. Which, I mean, like, he kind of got a couple good pops when he was throwing shots at Brandy near the end, but, like, still, it's like, what? And, like, yeah, Lambert literally said, my grandfather said, youth is wasted on the young. You are the perfect example of that, Sammy. And you've got... You get to make one more chance tonight, young man. Give Sky his rematch, or I send Paige and Sky into the ring. And we'll give you a pounding that your girlfriend wishes that she could get. And I'm just like, okay. Um, and Sammy was like, all right, we'll get, we'll do that. If we get a mixed tag match, like we want And Lambert's like, all right, done. And then Sammy goes next week, me and sky in a ladder match. That ending of that segment was so rushed that I was like, completely like, huh? Okay. We got two matches booked. When, when, when the fuck are these things happening in what shows? Like, Huh.
1: Like yeah, it was yeah.
0: rushed. And I was just like, fucking Sammy, you gotta come on, man. Like, you gotta be like, you gotta know when to hit something like that. You're selling a match for people to tune in the week and the next week. You gotta sell that and make sure you give it the weight and the importance and like focus on it so people know. It was just like "Ah!" I was like, man, like that was like I was just so thrown off and I was just like so confused and I I genuinely Oh, I don't want to say bad things because I I, I I like Sammy and I like Ty. I think they're good people, but like I think he was too busy trying to stick his tongue down like Ty's throat and before he even knew what the fuck his promo was supposed to be.
1: Oh, did I lose you, man? No, I was I was listening to you, and I'm like, uh, I can't. I was just uh, I can't disagree. <laughs> I want to. I can't.
0: Because I was just I was I mean like it's it's that's probably the most out of pocket thing I've said but dude he like they kissed like what four times in like two minutes? Like for the love of God man, you're there to sell a match. Two matches, in fact. We got that mixed tag match that you say you so want. And we don't in like you didn't even specify who was in the mixed tag match on their end. We know that it's Paige Van Zant, but you didn't even specify it for the people that didn't know. Like, that missed, that forgot the fact that, like, oh, yeah, Paige Van Zandt and Ty had the little interactions. You didn't even specify that. And I'm like – and then you're like, ladder match next week. And I'm like, huh? Like, fucking hell, man. You got to make sure you give that time. And I think you weren't fucking focused because, like, you were like, how quickly can I get out of here into a hotel room?
1: <laughs>
0: and, yeah, so I
1: think something else – in the show, might have went long, and he thought he had a few more minutes. And, Maybe, and I think they played the music to like, "Hey, you're done," and then he was able to throw those last few words. Uh, he's the fake. I mean, he's the voice of his this act, and for a long time, he re- You know, Jericho was the voice. You know, and it's it's going to be a work in progress. I think Sammy and Ty are a money heel act. I do. I yes. think they are a money heel act. Oh, yeah. And it's just, and it's not because of, uh, now, it's it's not because of anything, you know, they really did as far as wrestling. It's honestly, you know, it's because it's of the engagement and then being on public TV and then moving on with the next chick. People hate him for it, you know. I don't know why. Life happens, <laughs> you know, that kind of thing. And I don't, like, I hold no ill will to him, but. It's just people don't like them because of that, and yeah, and Ty's kind of catching it because Ty, before they were together, she was super over the face. Remember yeah, when no, she wrestled? She, uh, Jade? she was she
0: was she was one of their most improved wrestlers.
1: Yeah, you remember when she wrestled Jade? How much everybody wanted her to win that match, and it's just like now they're booing her, and it's just like, God,
0: people suck. Hey, uh, Amen. Uh, uh, <laughs> No, wrestling uh, fans are very uh reactionary
1: yeah uh no so uh i met ty at uh, uh i got to meet ty again we had to see ty again at uh a squared circle she actually actually got her to sign my uh figure be mad uh hashtag yeah B-mad. i saw that yeah. yeah i thought that was <laughs> i thought that was uh pretty cool uh i, I like it that that's their thing and I think they can go further into it. I think we are just getting the, you know, the. the, This is the tip of the iceberg on how douchey they're going to be. So if you think they're douchey now, they're going to turn it up. They,
0: they are. They're people. Oh, they're not going to. They're going to be nonstop.
1: No, and it's it's beautiful. I love it. I told them. I told her. I was like, "What y'all doing?" Is brilliant. You ask people to leave you alone. They didn't cool
0: fine fine yeah. <laughs> it's like okay it's it's great like i said if that if that's what if that's what they were moving it like i said the first time when i saw them like consistently on tv where i was like if you're moving into trying to do this this is gonna be great but i was like to be so hateable that you make dan lambert
1: the most hateable man on the planet a face No that that means you did your job exceptionally well
0: Damn straight. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We then we then had a uh, Owen Hart Women's uh, Foundation, uh, Owen Hart Foundation Women's Tournament qualifying match between Dr. Britt Baker DMD, the hometown girl of Brittsburg, facing off against Danielle Carmella. Yeah. And uh, like the match, the match itself was a match. Fucking Pat Freermuth, tight end of the Steelers, and Najee Harris, the star rookie running back of the Steelers. Showing up at ringside with Britt Baker, fucking Najee was going. He was having a ball. Oh my god. Najee was losing his mind. I but when I saw I was like, holy shit, it's Najee Harris. I had him on my fantasy team. Yeah,
1: and Pratt Firemost, I was like, This is pretty cool. And they were waving the they were waving the yellow flag and then she did she did the uh when she did the um What's it called? The
0: lockjaw? What? The, what's the? T- yeah, it's the lockjaw. Yeah, they
1: called did that, and she had the Pittsburgh wide receiver glove on.
0: That was great. That was a great uh, touch. I, I, and just like the dude, if the
1: next time Britt wins the title, it has to be in Pittsburgh. It it, I mean, it, yeah. It, it just can't be anywhere else. And yeah, I'm pretty sure she's gonna be winning it as a face because the promo she cut on Jade afterwards felt real face-ish
0: yeah i mean a little bit i mean she was also she she was she was struggling for breath honestly she seemed like she she uh she got, got blown a, up, <laughs> got a little blown up yeah i was gonna say it was just uh but lack regardless she's say, so a
1: better word yeah
0: it's like yeah she just got blown up that's all it was but yeah. uh fans are still over the moon for her and i was like i was hoping they left not the mic on when naji got handed it he's like i got the mic now and i was just like leave that motherfucking thing on i want to see what the hell this kid says
1: no, it's so funny because um, even when they put the belt on Thunder, and I was like, you know, give, you know, I'm all about Thunder Rosa. You, you know how much I love Thunder Rosa. I was like, same. I was like, Bridgette feels too hot to lose the belt right now, and that's that. Just, it's I still feel that way. She's the biggest star in the company right now, and it's just.
0: I she mean, said it. She said the women's division in this company is a disaster without her. And it's. I can't say it's a disaster, but
1: I can't say she's lying. <laughs> she, she's the bitch, the baddest bitch on the block, as she says. That's the term she used, not me. I don't call women that. Throwing that, out <laughs> <on> that. <laughs> no, but uh, no, yeah, that's what she is, and she proves it. And you know, you look at the pop last night. It was like it was literally Britain and everybody else when it comes to pops she she was the yeah. star of the show you know it was like i'm like punk
0: was pretty loud on that initial pop but i think it Br- it literally goes it goes brit then dan Howson announcing a match
1: oh yes yes that was pretty awesome i heard the crowd went uh i think uh I, I heard the crowd went a little crazy for uh uh the announcement of another match that we'll talk about later but
0: uh yeah and then they also went nuts for the new japan announcement too that was the other thing too of oh course oh god yeah
1: i would have i would have went pretty pretty pretty
0: crazy for that one it was legitimately legitimately, legitimately. um and then we get to the main but we'll get to the main event though real quick coffin match darby allen versus andrade el idolo um the match uh opened up with uh mark Quinn jumping in and uh blade coming in and uh the andrade family office really started to use the numbers game on this un- on this notice qualification match um Jarby thrown into the barricade and, and knocked into the crowd. And uh, a cra- uh, uh, Mark Quinn proceeded to rip up a sign uh, that a fan was holding. That fan had a Sting mask on. Sting mask comes off. Oh, my God, it's Sting with a baseball cap backwards on his head, too. And I was just like, they did it. They gave us a new 2022 edition of the mask Sting meme. I was like, yes. Yeah. Relive that meme because that is the best that is the best running joke with Sting. Him taking off a mask and it's just his face paint underneath it. So fucking funny. It is like one of my favorite things in wrestling because it's so stupid. And I love it so much. And Sting beats the hell out of all the members of the Hardy family. I mean, the, the, the Andrade family office. They're fighting in the crowd. Um, they tried to uh, uh, mess up Darby, but then Andrade was uh, able to. Uh, Andrade and them were knocked back by Sting. Sting once again decides, I'm going to jump off of another fucking balcony again, and he cross-bodies onto everybody. Jesus Christ, man, Sting's going nuts in AEW. He's going nuts. Like, his run that he's having in AEW, unreal. Unreal how well he's done in AEW. Um, The match itself, I think, was a little bit hindered, I think, probably by time. I know I heard one point where I could even hear the referee, like, Letting them know how much time they had, especially towards the end, where I think they had like 90 seconds left. Um, the 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 coffin itself had thumbtacks placed on the back of it. Um, that was that was a cool little little touch. Um, and listen. Um, Andrade is great. He's really great. And I know he got he got a win over Darby like two weeks ago on Dynamite, and that was uh, the thing that built towards this match. And then Darby was able to get the win. It's a coffin match. He's not losing a coffin match. It's his match. Jose even tried to come down to save everybody, and um, Darby slammed him on the thumbtacks lid. Um, yeah, I thought this was a good main event. Uh, Sting doing another dive. God fucking damn, every time he does it, it's just like, what the fuck, man? It's crazy that he's doing this shit at his age right now. Um, but this was a solid closer, I think, for Dynamite.
1: Controversial opinion. Sting's outshining Darby.
0: At, the, at this point, here's the thing. Before I would I would argue you before Darby and Sting, like, I think Darby would had a really great uh stature of like still being at the same level of Sting and above. I think earlier on when they were together, I think, like um like you know of course in the uh in their tag matches and when sting would walk out and then darby just throws himself like like from the crowd from the from the walk from the rampway up into somebody i think there was a point where like i think where darby was either at sting's level or above in this match sting outshined him in this match i would say that still like either even or maybe a slight edge to darby but in this match i agree with you sting outshined darby absolutely
1: yeah, and it's just that's not good. <laughs> Sting is there to put the rub on Darby, not vice versa. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I don't. It just felt like, like this match is over, and Darby did some crazy shit, and Andrade did some crazy shit. Only thing people were talking about was Sting jumping
0: off the thing. Yeah, and and listen again. I think for one match, for because I th- again I th- I still think for this it was one match that uh, people were talking about Sting more, and it's because. We got the Sting meme with him taking the mask off and it's Sting again, uh, and then we had him diving. Like literally, Sting had the best spots in this match because even the spots with Jose being dropped on the on the on the thumbtacks, it, it could have been it could have been landed better. Um, the best spots in this match were done by Sting. Like that's that's and listen, I'm I'm not ter- I'm not all messed like I've been out of shape. If Sting had more better spots than Darby did in this one match, because like I said. I still believe that throughout their entire pairing, it's been even with a slight edge to Darby. That's my opinion. Um, and then there was the weird part where the Hardys came out just to say good job, which I know Darby has a huge respect and love for the Hardy boys. Um, but it was just – it was it was funny how they just literally came out just to like uh, do the delete chant and then applaud. I thought that was quite funny. It, they didn't need to have the Hardys. I know, I know Darby likes the Hardys. I know. You didn't need to – they could have at least came in the ring and like pat him in the had him on the back or something. Him them just standing up the ramp and doing the delete motion was kind of odd.
1: I think we're gonna get the Hardy's versus Darby and Sting. That would still be fucking awesome. Yes, I think I think I think that's what we're ultimately g- g- leading to. I think that's what it was kind of like. Hey, we respect you, but uh, you can get these hands. You know what I mean? So uh, I'm looking forward to that fight. I just I want to see because Darby's gonna of course try to out crazy Jeff, and Jeff's gonna. You know, try to match Darby's craziness, and then Sting's gonna try to do something, and yeah, it's
0: gonna be a lot of it's gonna be a lot of gifts coming out of that match when it happens. Legitimately, and like I said, this one match Sting absolutely outshine Darby, and like for one match, I'm okay with it. Now, if it's continuing where like Sting continues to just like be like the rub isn't going on Darby where like it should be because he's the one that's gonna be here the longer in AEW. Um, then you're going to have a bit of an issue. But for one match, I'll let, I'm will okay with it, honestly. And plus, again, they brought the meme back, which I love.
1: And anybody listening, could y'all let me know, has Darby ever been a heel? I, I, I don't know. I mean, I've only seen him presented as a face. But my real, my first idea of him, other than the documentary, I think it was on Vice, about uh about like Gabe and... uh. Or, you know, independent wrestling, my experience with him is AEW as a face. And I think even on that show, he was a face. So I don't know. Has he ever been a heel? Uh, if anybody could uh, uh at AT Elite Pod, if you listen to the show and let me know, has he ever been a heel? I know I could Google it, but I,
0: let's get some fan interaction going on.
1: And if I get a reply, I might hook you up with something.
0: Alright, cool. And that was AEW Dynamite for this week. We're going to quickly go through the preview for Rampage that'll be airing today when you guys hear this episode. Um, and then, of course, the few matches that we have announced for Dynamite for next week. Um, Jade Cargill versus Marina Shafir for the TBS Championship will be taking place. Um, we're going to get a a match between Adam Cole and Tomohiro Ishii. I believe this is a, uh, if I'm not mistaken, this is a match That will be uh, for – it's going to be a uh, uh, Bret Hart Foundation – I mean, uh, Owen Hart Foundation, sorry. Owen Hart Foundation match, uh, if I'm not mistaken. Um, And then we're going to have Daniel Garcia versus Eddie Kingston, Lance Archer versus Serpentico. We're going to have a quick interview with uh, Keith Lee and uh, Swerve Strickland and uh, an interview for the Women's Owen Cup. As well, so that's rampage for today. And if and correct me if I'm wrong, like the Ishii and Cole match is uh, a own Hart foundation match, right? Am I correct in that, Floyd?
1: Oh, dude, I was talking. I accidentally my elbow slipped on mute. I, I said way more words than I'm about to. Uh, I heard Tomohiro
0: Uchi. Yes, it is. It is an Owen Hart Foundation match. Yeah, yes. that's, what I was,
1: yeah that's what I was saying. It is an uh, Owen Hart Foundation match. And, uh, I hear it was the match of the night. I heard it was amazing. And then I heard Garcia and Kingston both killed it, too. So, those are, I heard good things about both of those matches from my friends that were in the building. As stuff just falls off my wall and scares the shit out of me. Dude, I just jumped <laughs> so hard.
0: Whoops. I know. Sorry but. about that. <laughs> um, but of course, now listen, um, we're going to have for Dynamite next week, we have announced Lance Archer versus Wardlow, of course. The Undisputed Elite will be in a five on five tag team match between a lot of people. Oh, and I'm yes, going to so try to get. It's the
1: Varsity Blondes, uh, Lee Moriarty, uh, Lee Moriarty, uh, Brock is in it again, Brock Anderson, and Dante Martin. I mean, uh, or, or, yeah, Dante. Darius I may be hurt again. Because they've been doing a lot of just Dante.
0: Yeah, he might have gotten, which if he got hurt again, Dan, that sucks. Like, yeah. honestly. But, yeah, that's the five.
1: I was trying to figure it out earlier. I was like, hey, I know it's five guys. And the Varsity Blondes are two. Brock is one. And then, yeah, I just couldn't remember who the other two is. So, those are the other two.
0: Yeah. And then, of course, the big money match for Dynamite next week. FTR is clashing in the Owen Hart Foundation qualifying match. And, buddy, listen, I don't think Cash stands a chance because if it's an Owen Hart thing, if it's anything related to the Hart family, Dax is going to kill to win it.
1: Let me me tell you. Let me tell you something, brother. Dax is just more vocal about his love for Brett. Cash, I would say, loves Brett just as much. Dax Dax is very much more vocal. Dax, I like. I've always said I like Dax because Dax is like me. He he loved when he loves, like you know he you know it's on his sleeve. You know he carries it around. He has a bar dedicated to it. That man loves Bret Hart, and that man loves pro wrestling. He loves his family. i probably family first, and then pro wrestling. Then the third would be Bret Hart, and he loves tequila. Dax, you know what Dax likes because he talks about what he likes and what he loves, and that's what I've always said I like about Dax is that he's me, you know, we carry what we love on us. So, um, but Cash, oh my god, Cash is phenomenal, he is a amazing wrestler. I tell people, somebody's like, Who you got? and I was like, I got both of them. I, 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 I you I, want both I, of them I, in there. there, yeah, I love them equally. If they somehow can pin each other, and then Tony says they're both in the tournament. I'll be fine with that. So I'll just be rooting for the match on that one. Uh, I, I I I put out a, I told a message to Jr. while I was talking to him that uh Tony Khan seemingly hates and loves me at the same time. <laughs> because see, yeah, he gives me he gives me the AEW APW match. Well, he gives the world that. And then he says, Hey, your two favorite people on earth are gonna fight each other. Huh? Yeah, the, the, that's the gonna only be other unreal. time I've been more conflicted is from when they jumped Cody. That that was the yeah. only other time I've been this conflicted. So <laughs> oh I I think it's gonna be a phenomenal match. I think it will be one of those dynamite match of the year candidates kind of thing. So We'll see.
0: I'm expecting something on the levels of back when the uh, CWC happened and we got Johnny Gargano versus Tommaso Ciampa the first time when they were both baby faces and still in DIY. I'm expecting something like that.
1: I'm thinking Brett versus Owen WrestleMania 10.
0: because, Which, are. I mean, makes sense because you were alive when that, that happened and I wasn't. <laughs>
1: yes, and they are the two biggest Hart fans ever. And if they came out and did that match spot for spot, I wouldn't be shocked at all. <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're, they're all right just, well those are our that's why i love them they're fans and and if you look at oh yeah who i love in wrestling all my wrestling all my favorites in wrestling grew up wrestling fans and those are the people i root for because even though you might be from north carolina or someone's from scotland or grew up in the business at some point we were just little kids looking up to our favorite guys and that's something i can always identify with
0: yeah absolutely but those are our previews for rampage this upcoming day and um, dynamite for next week we have one thing we are going to talk about in terms of headlines i believe and the main thing is the fact that uh tony khan had did an interview with tv insider and uh the conversation on his uh army of bots tweets came up where he talked about um, AEW uh, anti AEW accounts on Twitter being ran by um, just a few people, and uh, the rest of them were just bots. Um, and uh, Tony has doubled down on that on those comments, seemingly. Um, I have his full uh, quote from the question that he answered from TV Insider. I'll read the quote, and then I'll go to Floyd first on his comments. I know we've talked about this slightly in the past, but we'll go through it again since it has been a hot-button topic and a bit of a meme at this point. So Tony said, and I quote, What I've seen was a lot of anti-ADW accounts that are really focused on the things they don't like. A lot of those are legitimate things. Some of those points I'm trying to address, some of them I don't agree with. But the point is, a lot of these are the same people. There are a handful of accounts that are being run by a few people running a lot of accounts. Those are real people. A lot of their engagements, their retweets, likes, people responding and signal boosting for what they are saying, those are bots. You've got a network of a few people with a lot of identities powered by a bunch of bots. I'm not making this up. I have hired IT experts that put together a much more sophisticated explanation than I am capable of giving. It's a real thing, or I wouldn't have brought it up. I have a pretty good reputation in this business for honesty. So with that quote being said, pass it on to Floyd on his uh, seemingly doubling down of, yes, AW, a lot of AEW hate accounts on Twitter are bots in, his, in, in Tony Khan's opinion. And this is going to be something that I say
1: about Tony Khan a lot. 110% believable. 110% believe it's true. 110% didn't need to be tweeted. Yeah. I mean. mean, That's what it is. It's just. You just look like a man whining. No matter what. I'm not. I like the information. Right. I follow WrestleNomics. I read the reports on the ratings. Uh, I like the inner side of wrestling, right? I like it. And I believe him. That's great. But what purpose did this serve? Like, holy, what purpose did it serve?
0: Even if it was true, like, at this point, like, why does this need to be said? Like, what does it matter?
1: What purpose does it serve? What goal is this? It was obviously weighing on him. And he felt like he needed to say it. But it feels like this is a phone conversation you have with Dave Meltzer, you know, or somebody, you know, inside the wrestling business. And you tell them some things just don't need to be said on Twitter. And like I said, I love who Tony is. I love how he is. I love that he says stuff that other people don't say. We get an inside glimpse into how a professional wrestling company is run. In ways that we never have with Tony Khan as a leader. So if you're asking me, would I'd rather him be like this or completely shut off? I'm going to say be like this, and I will take the negatives that come with it because, like I said, I get a glimpse into what it takes to run a wrestling company. Not that I ever want to do that, but it, you know, the you know the person that loves the nerd in me likes to hear it. These things that you're breaking down, how you're deciding on cities, all that kind of stuff. So I I do love that part. But on the other part, PR-wise, for people that don't care about this inside information, you just look like you're whining.
0: Yeah, and I'll 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 wrap it up a little bit too, like I said, um the whole the whole thing again just seems like something that like we like like I don't care. Like and this is this isn't even talking just about people that hate AEW in general. This is about people that hate on AEW that tweet about it. Like First off, we know, like, at the end of the day, people who tweet all the time are, like, a pretty heavy minority because, like, not everybody spends every waking moment on Twitter. Like, there are a lot of people that use Twitter, but not everybody uses every waking moment of their life on Twitter. So people that are always angry about AEW – It's not a massive majority. It's not a massive majority. In fact, it's probably a pretty. That's that's for any wrestling complainers. Honestly, like if you complain about any wrestling company consistently, like there's not a ton of people in the like as fans that do that all the time. Like I said, I barely tweet. Like I'll retweet a couple things and like tweet some things of my own, but like I barely tweet because I just I don't care. Um. So the fact that Tony is so hung up on this just it doesn't. It's just – like, again, dude, like, honest to God, it's like I I, I appreciate Tony for everything he's done for AEW and, like, the the type of booker that he is, the type that you can tell that he's a fan. But, like, my man, you don't have to tweet fucking everything. Like, if anything, like, I would like you to, like – this reminds me of when he got into, like, the bicker contest with one of the Jacksonville Jaguars players, like, a a couple years ago. I was just like, bro, get off of Twitter. Just, Just get off. Like, I'm just saying, just get off for a minute, like tweet only things that you need to tweet. This is something you didn't need to tweet. Like leave it alone. But like I said, um, again, like even I even, I said, even and even if it's true, why does this matter? I'd rather him i I mean, I'm honest,
1: I'd rather him be this way than the other way. It's like I
0: Ronel mean, I, I would be the same. I, I I can agree with that as well, but again, <laughs> like at the same time, I would prefer it if you were the way that you are and then didn't do this. Yeah, because no, and it's just, it just it just mud- it it muddies up the conversation about wrestling again. And do
1: and do the brilliant way, the brilliant PR way. Give all this information to a place like WrestleNomics and let them report it. Give yes, the same instead of it just coming from you. Do you know how many times that the NFL, the NBA, all those things have information and it'll look weird coming from them, so they leak it and, <laughs> and they let it come from somewhere else. And I just think that that's the play here. When you have this information, give it to someone. And then let them report it. And then you yeah. don't look you don't look like you you just don't like criticism. Because that's what it comes down to. Two That's what uh, it looks to, like, yes. Yeah, it looks like you don't like criticism. I love that he's giving all this information. I really do. And I honestly probably could have said answered that. I always say it, the people that don't like uh, AEW are a very vocal minority. You know what I mean? Most people, if they don't like something, they just don't watch it. The people that watch it every week just to say how much they don't like it is a very vocal minority. And it's just, yes. I mean, and, 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 it, and it, because of AEW, because of any brand, there is always, in wrestling, there is going to be the people that started covering the show first. You know, the podcast that popped up, the pundits that covered first. And generally, the people that were first are going to, you know, have their uh, loyal fan base. But there's also another group that rises, the people that just are anti the company. And
0: they're and gonna just want to see it
1: fail. And they're going to have a fan base, too, because a lot of people like to listen to that stuff. I mean, I have very intelligent friends that I love that listen to Jim Cornette every week. And, Same, and it's just like, and they listen because they find it entertaining when he goes off on stuff, and you know that. And
0: it's dude, I, I'm sure, I'm sure you've seen, I'm sure you've seen from my Twitter, my good friend Ryan, who is a Emmy award winning broadcaster in local sports in the city of Flint, Michigan. Like, dude has done so much. He's been a wrestling fan for decades, and this dude hate watches AEW. And he hate-watches it, and then he also has a vocal hatred for the AEW-does-nothing-wrong crowd. And he takes it out on me, even though I actively have criticized AEW in the past. And he takes it out on me, and I'm just like, bro, like I love you, but you're smarter than this. And then he'll also be like, well, I'll debate you on my podcast. And then doesn't invite me on his podcast when we're supposed to do it.
1: Yeah, because I we're very open and it was funny. It was one day as long as I've been doing the show, which is three years, and it's called All Things Elite, and the logo looks kind of like AEW. I had the thought that some AEW wrestler is probably listening to my podcast, <laughs> and I was like, our podcast, and I was like, huh, I wonder if someone doesn't like me because of something I've said on this podcast. I was like, I don't think I'm like I don't think we're like super large, but just you know just odds of what what show is this? 100 and uh, 148 show. Yeah, somebody from AEW has thrown it on and listened to all what Floyd had to say about the company. And I am 95% positive, but when something sucks I'll say it sucks. You know, and it's just like because I tend to be an honest person, you know, and it's like I'll play the game. I play the game with Cody, but yeah, it's just I don't know. I just know this. Yeah. I, I it, when you are a leader and you're in a leadership position, you do have to carry yourself like a leader. You don't get to be who you are all the time. And that's that's the situation Tony is the great thing about him is when you meet him and you know you see him or whatever and a few times he's just nice and he's energetic and it, everything's there and it's just like he has this personality about him but you know sometimes you know he he seems to be someone that can be get a little hot and he's like you know you, you piss him off he's gonna say something about it and you know maybe that's something to work uh, yeah. on yeah or maybe that's something he never has to work on
0: And all I will say is that even though this is not, this has been a pretty bad look on Tony, it is still not as bad as when he went after Big Swole for pretty much no reason. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think anything will top that. Yeah, it's gonna happen. It's gonna happen. Yeah, regardless. I think I think that little thing will leave everything off, but that'll do it for this episode of All Things Elite, I think. So I want to thank you guys so much once again for tuning in to the show every week. And again, please continue to download and share this fine podcast on Google or Apple Podcasts. Now, if you listen to us on Spotify or any other podcasting platforms, again, share us with your friends, family, coworkers, whoever you wish. You can leave a rating and a review. You can leave a donation through Red Circle. And you can follow us on social media. We are at AT Elite Pod on Twitter, at Social Suplex of the guys that make this show possible. Please check out all the other podcasts they have on their network. I am at Austin Sumowitz, S-Z-U-M-O-W-I-C-Z. Floyd is at Floyd Johnson Jr. on Twitter. And I will go ahead and toss it over to my man Floyd to take us home on this episode of All Things Elite.
1: All right. Thank you for everyone that uh, make sure they're listening and downloading the show and sharing it with their friends. Uh, We appreciate you and it's been a great year and I am looking forward to what we have uh, going for it. And just remember when it comes down to it, when it comes down to podcasts, why you choose this one, we are the only podcast that are, it's at every AEW pay-per-view every big show they have. We're there. So just remember that. And, to all of you out there, I hope you are all doing well as we move into the spring and the summer. Make sure you're getting out, getting some sun, taking care of your mental health. Uh, it, it is just a great time to kind of be alive as a wrestling fan. And I hope you're enjoying it and you're sharing it with as many people as you can. And with that, I leave you with whether it is home, work, or school, always do your best to be elite.